Building the nation with the word of the Lord. Teaching the people the love of God. Kingdom. Kingdom, kingdom, empowerment. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He gives all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. I give him just me. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful and so thank you. Thankful for another chance and another opportunity to share his word with you on tonight. Thank you, Lady Keisha, for your introduction. Thank you for Apostle Paul and Lady Keisha for inviting me and allowing me to share on tonight. Um, I thank and praise God for my, my husband who is on the line and my Chief Intercessor, I give God praise for him. And for all of you that have joined on tonight, I know I have some very dear friends on the line, and I'm I'm thankful for your support and for for attending on tonight. But we're not going to prolong the time. I just want to just open up in in prayer and uh, give God the the floor. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord God, that you are our all and are all. You are all that we aspire to be. You are all, hallelujah, that we desire to be. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, that you have loved us with an unconditional, everlasting love, Father, through the good, the bad, the ups, the downs, the rights and the wrongs, oh, Lord God. You have yet stood steadfast with us and walked us through the deepest, darkest portions of our lives. You've loved us in the midst of our our unknowing what tomorrow held. You've loved us, oh Lord God, in our blatant disobedience and walking away from you. You've loved us, Lord God, and drawn us closer to you because of that wonderful love you have for us. And tonight, oh Lord God, we desire to give back unto you. We desire to surrender ourselves unto you, oh Lord God. We ask that you would open up the ears of our understanding, oh Lord God. Open up our hearts to receive, Lord God. Enlarge our capacity, oh Lord God, to allow your spirit to take over and to grow even stronger within us, oh Lord God. We pull and bring flesh and vain imagination into subjection to your precious Holy Spirit, oh Lord. And we give you free reign and free course on tonight, Lord God. These airwaves belong to you, Father God. I belong yes, to you, yes. Lord God. Let me speak as your oracle on tonight, Father. I decree and declare that chains will be broken, oh Lord God. Things that yes, have kept us yes. bound and separated and isolated one from another, Lord God, will be torn apart on tonight and rent asunder, Father God, that we will be able to come together in the spirit of love that you've called us forth in, oh Lord God, in a way that we've been unable to embrace in the past. So we give you the praise, we give you the glory, we give you the honor for all that you have done, are doing, and is yet to manifest in our lives. We praise you on tonight. Thank you, Father. In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ, we decree and declare that it is so. Amen, yes, amen. 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 Well, we we give God the glory and the honor on tonight for for what He has desired to be shared. Um, I, I'm going to put a little disclaimer out there before I get started, and I'm going to tell you um, that tonight's word is going to mess with some of your theology. And I'm Whoa. asking that before you tie me to the tree and burn me at the stake and, and accuse me of heresy, that you hear from the word of God with an open spirit to that that he wants to impart within you. Because I Amen. promise you, I'm not coming from anything but the word to give you the word that God has given me tonight. Amen. Amen. Um, most of you know that my call of the fivefold ministry, my main call is that of a teacher, and therefore it is in my inherent nature to study, to study out the word, to make sure that when I bring something before the people of God, that I have an accurate understanding of what it is that I'm bringing to you. Um, it is vital to me and extremely important to me that I do not give you anything other than the word of God. 
that that is Amen. vital to me because he told us not to add anything to it and not to take anything from it, okay, but but to, to deal with the word. My desire is that we would all walk in the fullness that he has called us to, recognizing and understanding that before you were a glimmer in your daddy's eye when he looked at your mama, before your mama and daddy decided to come together and consummate their relationship, before any of that came to pass, we were in God. We were created in his thought and in his mind, and he created us for a distinctive purpose and destination. He created us in the image and conformed us, hallelujah, to him. The word of God tells us in Genesis that he created us in his image and in his likeness. That is our spirit man. He gave us the ability to walk the planet, to have dominion, to reign in his stead here in the earth realm because he had purpose and destiny for our lives. Now, we know that Adam and Eve fell short. They, they came into a place of hearing the lies of the enemy and allowing the half-truth of the enemy to sway them out of the obedience to the word of God. And we, thousands and millennials later, wind up doing the same thing. We allow half-truths to take us out of the obedience of the place that God has called us to, and it's time out for that. It is time for us to get into a place in the Lord where we walk in the obedience of what he has called us to. Recognize and understand something. You were created and placed in your host body because he needed you to be in the skin that you're in. That's right. We have so many people out there, especially people of color, that don't like the Mm. color of their skin because of Mm. what the world has said about them. We have people of another hue that are out there that think they're superior because of the color of the skin that they're in. Mm. But we've got to get to a place to recognize and understand, and I'll use me as an example, that God decided that he wanted to put the spirit that is called Coilette in this host body that was a black woman Mm -hmm. and place her in the United States of America. Because understand, he could have put my spirit in a body anywhere in the world. He could have caused me to be any gender he desired, any complexion he desired, but he called me to be medium brown, if I know my colors correctly, and to be a (laughs) female. Okay? Mm. (laughs) This is what he desired of me so that he could use me in this set and then put me in America. Mm. Now, we have many choices in life that we can make, but we, we cannot choose what God, cannot change what God chose us to be. That's right. Amen. I, 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 can't, I can't become a white man. But you see what I'm saying? You understand where mm. I'm going with you? Mm. I can't do that. that that's just my heart. I don't care how many surgeries you give me and how much you bleach out my skin, I'm always going to be a black woman because that's what well, God created me to be. That's right. And because he needed to use me in this stead and in this hour. I know there are many women in ministry that can attest to what I'm about to say and understand how we are ridiculed, how we, how we have men come against us, tell us that we're in heresy, tell us that mm. what we do is completely wrong, that, you know, we, we need to sit down and be quiet, okay? Man. But I refuse to be obedient to the voice of man over the voice of God. That's I recognize right. and understand that God has a call in my life, and he decided that he wanted to use me in the form of the female that he created me to be. So likewise... We have to get a clear understanding on who we are in Christ and what we're called to do and be if we're going to rule and reign in this earth realm correctly. Now, like I said, I'm getting ready to mess up some people's theology here. So walk with me, though. Stay with me to the end. Hear me by the spirit of the living God. 
and we're going to be all right. Amen? Amen. 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 All right. My title tonight is I Am a Kingdom Citizen. Well, I am a kingdom citizen. This is very, very vital and very important to understand who you are and where your ranking is in God, what stage you're in in God. Now, a few weeks ago, I was on the phone, and I was talking to Apostle Paul and Lady Keisha, and I made a statement, and Apostle Paul said, wait, what you say? And I said, I'm a son of God. Do you remember that? I said, I'm a son of God. He was like, what? And I knew it like threw him because him knowing me to be a female, how is it that I'm saying I'm a son of God? That's right. But That's right. I broke it down that I'm not talking about my gender because the word mm. of God has clearly stated that in him there is no gender. There That's is right. no Jew, no Greek, no male, or no female. In him, in your spirit, he, he's not seeing all of that. Being a son of God is a place that we ascend to in our journey with him, and in our educational process in who he's called us to be. Now, just like in the natural, we grow in our education and we get promoted um, from, from class to class, school to school. We start off as a child in pre-K. We're in daycare, then we go to pre-K, we go to kindergarten, we go to elementary school, and then we get into middle school. Then they decide that, okay, well, you're mature to enough level to get to high school. So the educational process is, is different. If you go through it and you walk through it, it's different on every level. level. In elementary school, you go and you're in the same classroom all day long because that's where your maturity level is, and you have the same teacher because that's your maturity level. You get to middle school, and they switch it up a little on you. When I was in school, which is a long time ago, but at that time it wasn't called middle school. It was called junior high school. And in junior high school was your first experience to go from classroom to classroom. You didn't have the same teacher all day long because you had matured to a different level. Then we got into high school, and not only did you go to different classrooms, but your curriculum got much more intense. Mm. Because you had ascended to a different maturity level and grade level in school. Now, there's many that got to high school and was perfectly content when they graduated high school with that high school diploma and said, I don't want to do any more. Mm. We do the same thing in the body. We will go to school, mm. which is church. Church is mm. God's school. Okay, well, we'll go there and we'll learn and we'll get to a certain place and then we'll decide we don't want to go on or progress on to any more. We don't want to go to a higher level of education. We're cool, okay? We know, hey, I was a sinner. I've been saved by grace. I'm going to heaven because Christ has made me clean and I'm good. I don't need to know nothing else. I don't need to crack open my Bible. Whatever the preacher tells me on Sunday is good enough for me. I don't need to study to show myself approved. I don't need to go any further. If he say it's raining purple out there, then it's raining purple, and me and Prince can have a song about it. Well, we're yeah, good. purple rain. Oh, Lord. Okay. We're good. <laughs> All right? And we just stay there, and we, mm-hmm. we live out our days there. But how do you know, how, how many of you recognize and understand that God is saying, no, 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 that's not it. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you have that foundation. I'm glad you recognize that Christ came and he shed his blood for you. And because of that, your sins are forgiven. I'm glad you know that. But if you stay there, you're going to miss your destiny. You're going to miss the purpose of your creation. Mm. Because it's so much deeper than that. Mm. So we get to this place, and I, I, I'm going to, you know me, I love the word. So we got several scriptures for you tonight. But the first one I'm going to read to you by way of saying this is my prayer for you tonight. Mm-hmm. Amen. This was Paul's prayer to the Ephesians. 
and it was the prayer of knowledge and power. It's coming from Ephesians, the, the first chapter. I'm going to start at the 15th verse. And as I said, hear me by the spirit of the living God, because this is my prayer for you on tonight. Because we're going somewhere, people. <laughs> we're going someplace. And it's going to be deep. And some of you are going to be scratching your head saying, what? <laughs> but, but God does not want you to stay where you are. Okay? You got a good foundation, but now we need to build on that foundation. Amen. 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 Starting at the 15th verse, it says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and the love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the Lord of our, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that your eyes, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Now, we will never ascend or get to that place unless of knowing, of knowing the greatness, the exceeding, not just the greatness, but the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe if we just sit on the pew and we're, we're cool just knowing that we're saved. If we just sit there and just regurgitate only what we hear without getting in the word for ourselves. Timothy told us that we have to, to not be so caught up in the things of this world that we miss pleasing the one who has called us. So if you're so busy that you don't have time to get into the word for yourself, then you're too busy. You're busier than what you need to be. I have a dear daughter in the Lord who kept talking to me a few weeks ago about needing direction, and she didn't know which way to go, and she, you know, and it's so hard out here. And my response was, um, there's this book. It's called the B-I-B-L-E. There, there are six books <laughs> in that book Sounds that give you clear direction. <laughs> it, it really, <laughs> really will give you clear direction. But here's the key. You've got to be willing to get it in and study it out for yourself. You can't just yeah. grab a scripture here and grab a scripture there and let it be a cute cliche. Okay. Just something that you post because, you know, oh, I read it on somebody else's page, so let me put it up on mine, too. So you got to get in the word. Say so. Say you so. got to get in the word, and you've got to study the word for yourself. And not mm. only do you need to get in the word, but you got to let the word get into you. Well, it has mm. to resonate mm. down within you. Amen. I have mm. two examples that I use quite frequently to, to show people how they learn things and all they do is regurgitate over and over what they mm -hmm. learn and what they've heard is a half-truth. It, it, it's not the full truth. Therefore, because it's just a half-truth, they've missed the blessing in the midst of what God was doing. Just like Adam and Eve, in the garden, when the serpent came to, came to Eve and told her, you know, ask her what God said about the tree, she repeated it, and he said to her, he said to her, no, you won't surely die, but you will know your, your where am I, let me go here, because I, I don't want to miss this, I don't want you to miss this. He said to her, that God knows that in the day you eat of the tree, then your eyes shall be open and you shall be as God's, knowing good and evil. Mm. Now, we, we hear it all the time, and we've always said that the serpent beguiled her and lied to her and caused her to do. And I, I was at just like that, too, because I said when I got to heaven, I was going to find her and slap her for all that I had to walk through as a woman <laughs> you didn't pay attention to what you needed to be listening to. My God. The key was, the key was that she didn't, didn't take into herself the fact that, first of all, how can you tempt me with being a God when God. I've already been created in his image and in his likeness, so therefore I am as he is. That's right. Okay. 
But the key was that he said to them, having the knowledge of good and evil. And Mm -hmm. we said that the certain lied. He didn't. He did not lie. When you read further, and when God kicked them out of the the garden, he said to um, the cherubims, or he said to himself, basically, that we have to make sure that they can't eat from the tree of life because, because they now know. Okay, it says, if you go to the third chapter in the 22nd verse of Genesis, it says, and the Lord God said, behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. And now least he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the serpent just gave a half truth. He didn't lie. But see, the key was, until they ate of that, it's their disobedience that taught them the good from the evil. Evil. Because they, they never knew. In their eyesight, they didn't know they were naked. They didn't know anything was wrong. You, you see what I'm saying? But because mm-hmm. they were disobedient unto God and ate the fruit of that tree, that taught them the difference in good and evil. evil. That's right. So the enemy gave them a half-truth, Okay. Mm-hmm. And they bought into it and walked in disobedience from God. We're doing the same. I promise you guys, just walk with me on this. I got to lay this foundation so when I get where I'm going, you'll be like, whoa, okay? So that's important. Now, what I was going to tell you, one of the, the things that we have heard over and over, we learned it in nursery school. We learned it in Sunday school. We've heard of of Noah and the ark, and if I ask any of you on the call, how many animals did Noah take into the <laughs> ark? I guarantee I you, I did. Well, you heard it before. But yeah. I guarantee <laughs> you that every one of you will tell me they went into their two by two. Because that's a half truth. That's what you've been taught. That was all you've been taught. So because you have not got into the word and studied it for yourself, you're perfectly content to think, okay, the animals went in the ark two by two. Okay. But then if you go to the word of God and go to Genesis in the seventh chapter, the Lord said, starting at the first verse, it says, and the Lord said unto Noah, come thou and all thy house into the ark for for thee have I seen righteousness before me in the generations. Now, here, here's what you need to hear. Second verse. Of every clean beast, thou shalt take to thee by sevens the male and his female. And of the beasts that are not clean, by two the male and his female. Mm. We don't know about the seven. We always hear about the two. And the two represented the unclean. The seven represented the clean. Now, here's the half-truth that messes you up because you hear all the time and you see the sensationalism of everything that happens in the world because that's what the media does. They sensationalize everything bad and very seldom tell you anything good because that doesn't boost their ratings, but you come out with the knowledge of thinking the world is going to hell in a hat bag, nothing we can do about it, it's just a really sad thing that there's more evil in the world than there is good, and God will never let that be so. That's right. Of the clean animals, seven by seven. Of the unclean, two by two. So that means that he had already set in motion there's going to be more clean and more good in this earth realm when I'm done than there is going to be bad and evil. Mm-hmm. But we don't know that. You see how a half-truth can mess you up? It, it changes your thought pattern. When you, when you shift your thought pattern to, oh, God already set this thing up and he's already given me the victory, And he already went before me and made sure there was going to be more good in my life than bad. All I know is I've experienced so much bad and there's so much hurt and pain within me, I can't believe that anything good can ever happen to me. But that's an untruth. It's a half-truth because, yes, you've been through so much hurt and pain. But the flip side of that is God already got it planned out for you 
to reward you for all that hurt and pain that you've gone through. Read the back, the last part of Job when he got double for his trouble. Don't concentrate on the half truth of how bad it's been. Don't concentrate on all of those that said your naysayers that you would never amount to nothing. You could never be anything. You could never accomplish anything because of your situation, because of your circumstance, because of who your parents were, because of where you came from. You can never aspire to rise out of the muck and the mire that you find yourself in because the devil is a lie. Mm-hmm. God has already made a way of escape for you. That's, That's his right. word. That's his word. So don't get tangled up in the half-truth and allow them to keep you bound up. The other thing was um, on, on um, Solomon. We, when you ask anybody what did Solomon ask God for, the first thing he will, they will tell you is he asked God for wisdom. Solomon never asked God for wisdom. Solomon asked God for a righteous heart so he could rightly judge the people. He didn't ask for wisdom. This is the kind of God we serve who will always give you over and above what you ask for. So the word says that he gave Solomon wisdom and a righteous heart to judge the people. So if you miss it, if all you're doing is sitting and listening to what people are saying to you and not getting in the word for yourself, you're missing the blessings of God that's in the midst. The blessing is he will always give you exceeding abundantly above that that you ask or think. That's the blessing, exceeding abundantly above. So we sit in the church house day after day, and we let the, the things of man dictate to us who we are in God, and we've missed it. We've missed it. Mm. All right. So now let's get to the part where you guys are going to be ready to tie me to the tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I love Christ with every fiber of my being, I Mm -hmm. promise you, he is my focal point of my existence. If it was not for him, I would not be here today. I recognize that wholeheartedly. So you need to understand that before I tell you this next thing. However, Christ never called me to be a Christian. Mm. Hear me. Mm. He never called me to be a Christian. He called mm. me to be a child of God, to be a mm-hmm. kingdom citizen, but he mm. never called me to be a Christian. That's good. That's good. He mm. never, ever denounced his lineage. <clears throat> if you go, <clears throat> excuse me, to Matthew, the first chapter, and it gives you the earthly genealogy of Christ, the second through the 16th verse. If you read through his genealogy, he at the end was a child of Israel. He was one of the the children of Israel. He was a Hebrew. He was a Jew. He never, ever renounced that. Mm. Never renounced that. Never said I came to establish a new quote unquote religion. Uh-uh. I, he never said I came to separate a people out to all of a sudden take my doctrines and create their own doctrines well, and have mm. their own little sets and the Church of God in Christ and the Baptist Church and the Mormons and the Methodists and the Catholics and Let's just have a plethora of people all saying that they believe in God, but they have these distinct changes and thoughts of their own to separate themselves out. Never told us to do that. Never told us to do that. I need you to go to Matthew 10, because this is going to blow your mind. I'm telling you, it's going to blow your mind because you'd be like, you know, well, but I'm a Christian. Really? What does that mean? Well, it means I'm a follower of Christ, okay, and you're a disciple of Christ. Okay, I'm with you on it. I, I, I hear you loud and clear. Like I just said, I love him with every fiber of my being, but that's not what he called me to. Check this out. Now, I'm serious. It gets really deep. Check this out. 
in Matthew, the 10th verse, when he sent the 12 out, okay, he said, I'm going to start with the first verse, he said, and then he called unto him his 12 disciples. He gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. And then it gives the names of the 12. And then I'm going to skip down to the fifth verse. And it says, these 12 Jesus sent forth and commanded them saying, now hear me here. This is the word of God. Commanded them saying, go not into the way of the Gentiles and into any city of the Samaritans. Enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, clean the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. Now, did you catch that? He Mm -hmm. didn't send them. He, he, He didn't send them to the Gentiles. He didn't call them out and say, okay, you are Christians, okay? So I want you to do such and such. No, he sent them to the house of Israel. Go over with me now to Matthew, the 15th chapter. And we've all heard this story, I'm sure. But you've got to understand what God, just what, what Christ has done, okay? This is the, the um, Seraphonician woman. I'm starting Matthew 15th in the 21st chapter, 21st verse. It says, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thy son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, Hear me, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Mm. Then, then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not me to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Now go back up. Hear me, okay? He answered her and said, I am not sick but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He never renounced his Judaism. Mm-mm. He never renounced his Judaism. Okay? And, and we have gotten into a place as quote-unquote Christians and allowed religiosity to bind us up. We've allowed it to cause, have us to come against our brothers and sisters, the Jews, okay, to come against them, to talk down to them, and, and to renounce what, was a, what should be a blessing to us, we're casting aside. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting a little before myself. Now, go to Ephesians, okay. Somebody is breathing in the phone really, really heavy. Real heavy. <laughs> kind of right? like, like back up from, from, from the receiver or something. I don't know. Or put your phone on mute. How do you mute it? <laughs> star six. Star six. Okay. Hit star six on your phone so we can't hear you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Wake up Jesus. if you sleep. Okay. Seriously. Now, mm. the Wake beauty of Lord. what God, the beauty of what Christ did was he connected us with the children of Israel. He didn't separate us and isolate us from them. He connected us. That's right. Okay? And that's what we're missing. The reason it's so important because everything that we are in God starts with covenant, not with religion. And we don't have access to the covenant that he made with Abraham unless we have some way to connect ourselves with the children of Israel. 
Yeah. So we're missing it. We're missing it big time. Go to Ephesians, again, the second chapter. And I'm going to read this to you, uh, what is this, out of the Good News Translation. And I wanted to do it because I wanted to break it down. And sometimes the these and the thous and all of that gets confusing to the people. I hear you. Okay? But I wanted to break it down as clear as possible so you can really understand the beauty of what Christ did. He did not come to start Christianity. He did not come to start a new religion. He came to join us so that we could be partakers of the covenant of God. Fading away, Elder Collette. I'm fading away? Yep. Am I, is that better? Yes, ma'am. Okay. All right. The, I'm going to start at the um, 11th verse of Ephesians 2, um, and it reads, and I, like I said, I'm reading it out of, I think this is the Good News Translation, but I lo- love the way that it broke it down. It says, you Gentiles by birth call the uncircumcised by the Jews who call themselves the circumcised, which refers to what men do with their bodies. Remember what you were in the past. At that time, you were apart from Christ. You were foreigners and did not belong to God's chosen people. You had no part in the covenants, which were based on God's promises to his people. And you lived in this world without hope and without God. But now, in union with Christ Jesus, you who used to be far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought us peace by making Jews and Gentiles one people. With his own body, he broke down the wall that separated them and kept them enemies. He abolished the Jewish law with its commandments and rules in order to create out of the two races one new new people in union with himself, in this way making peace. By his death on the cross, Christ destroyed all enmity. By means of the cross, he united both races into one body and brought them back to God. So Christ came and preached the good news of peace to all, to you Gentiles who were far away from God and to the Jews who were near to him. It is through Christ that all of us, Jews and Gentiles, are able to come in the one spirit into the presence of the Father. So then, you Gentiles are not foreigners or strangers any longer. You are now citizens together with God's people and members of the family of God. You, too, are built upon the foundation laid by the apostles and prophets, the cornerstone being Christ Jesus himself. He is the one who holds the whole building together and makes it grow into a sacred temple dedicated to the Lord. In union with him, you, too, are being built together with all the others into a place where God lives through his spirit. Christ came to unite us, not to tear us apart. He came to make sure that we could have right standing with the Father, that we could be cleansed of our sins, that we could once again be united in fellowship and relationship with God. Now, I read to you what he said when he sent out the 12. I read to you what he said to the Seraphonician woman, but never forget what he did for the Samaritan woman, okay? He also made sure that there was a testimony to who he was with the Gentile people, but he was the only one that could do that. The apostles couldn't do that, save he did it first. So therefore, they couldn't go out to the Gentiles. They had to go out to the children of Israel and show forth the miracles that God had wrought. But Christ made sure that his coming would draw all men back unto God. He made sure that his coming would solidify the covenant that God made with Abraham. And that covenant was that he would be our God and we would be his people. He said it to Abraham in Genesis 17. He said it to Jeremiah 
in 30 and 22. He said it in Leviticus 26 and 12 that he would be our God and we would be his people. But we cannot walk in unity with that as long as we're trying to isolate ourselves and come against the brethren that God has called us to unite with. We're missing it. We are missing it. Why do you think we have been commanded for, to pray for the peace of Jerusalem? Because we have a part in that, in the covenant that God made with the children of Israel. We're part of the covenant. And if we don't understand it, if we don't get it clear, then we err. So we sit in church and we listen to half-truth and you bow down and, and, and ascend to these different little steps that have been set up by man's directive, not by God, and we miss it. We got people talking kingdom but not living kingdom. They're not understanding what it really means to be a citizen in the kingdom. And, and it was so profound, Apostle Paul, that you would say what you did, you and Lady Keisha, about the loved one that you guys just lost. I was, I was like, look at God. I Look at God. I'm like, God, you sent this thing up for real. For Seriously. Real. Look at God. Mm. Mm. You know, we got to get up off our high horses looking down That's on right. people because we quote unquote Christians. Really? But what does that mean? Come on now. Mm. What does that mm. mean? Mm. Jesus. Seriously. Mm. We got to get to our mind. Glory. Is to see the people of God coming to the right knowledge and their right place in God so we can My make God. a transformation of Woo! this earth realm. Mm. Thank you, Father God. Ah, That's what we're Lord called God, to God, do. And if we're sitting over here in our little sense, we're missing it because we're walking right. in disobedience to what God yes, called us yes. to. Mm. He called us to be one, one people. One body. Are there Thank many God. limbs and arms and members? Yes. But to be yes. a member yes. does not mean you are a Baptist or a Presbyterian or a Episcopalian. Because he never mm. called us to be a Christian to begin with. Well, he called us to be one of him. His children. His children. Thank you. Oh. He called us to be one with him. Now, Christianity has laid a foundation for you. I'm not making light of that. But as I said when I opened it up, that as you have levels and you grow in your maturity, you come out of elementary school into middle school into high school. It's time to come out of high school now and Mm -hmm. go to undergrad school, get your degree, Come out of undergrad school, go to graduate school, get your master's, come out of there, and go and get your Ph.D. You can't do that sitting on your butt, not cooking the word of God for yourself. Well, you can't do it. Okay, it's time to grow in your knowledge of who he is so you can walk in the power that he has placed within you in his Holy Spirit. It's the spirit of the living God that unites us. And as long as we are determined to stay in our little clusters and our little sets and never come together as one in the body of Christ as he has called us to, we will never fulfill the mandate that's on our lives. We've got to come out of it. We have got to come out of it, okay? You've got the foundation. You've learned who Christ is. You've learned that he came so that your sins could be forgiven. He did not come to start a religion. He came to reunite you with the Father so that you yeah, can go back yeah. and undo the wrong that Adam and Eve did and take back the dominion that God gave you. Dominion to have rule in the earth realm. To know that every place your feet shall tread is territory that you're taking for the kingdom of God, be it in the marketplace, be it in the political arena, be it on your job, be it in your home, whatever it is, you're marking territory. You're becoming a true ambassador, an ambassador to the kingdom of heaven. Do you know what an ambassador does? An ambassador Mm. is trained in protocol. An ambassador will never give you his opinion. 
Mm-hmm. He will say it is the the stand of my country. Mm. It is, you know, he will only give you what his country's take is on the situation. So mm. as a citizen, you, you, you get mm. your citizenship, and as a subject of the kingdom of God, see, this is, I'm telling you, if you get this, you'll never want for anything again in your life because you'll recognize and understand that you are a subject, a citizen of the kingdom of God. Your king is the Lord God Almighty, and the king is responsible for his subjects. So anything that you are in need of, it is the king's responsibility to provide that for you, that you're his subject. You don't own anything. You don't have rights to anything except for the covenant and the edict that the king has spoken forth. And once he's spoken it forth, he can't even take it away. Go back to the book of Esther. When everything was said and done, King, what was it, Erastus or however you said his name, he, he could not change his word. He had to give a new edict for the word that he had spoken at the hands of Haman. Where he had allowed, his first word said that um, the people of the land, I think it was the Midianites, I believe it was, could go and destroy the Jews and take everything they had. He gave a new edict to say now the Jews could defend themselves. (laughs) What did they do? They wiped out everybody. (laughs) Okay. They wiped out everybody. Because of the new edict that God had given. God has given us his grace, his favor. He's given us his spirit that lives within us and the power and the ability to wipe out what the enemy has claimed to be. Where the enemy has unleashed assignments against you to destroy you, God has said, no, I've given you the the ability and my signature, which is my spirit, to go and to wipe them out. You do not have to sit homeless and just allow them to come and take from you. I've given you the ability to wipe them out, to make the devil flee, to come against every attack that has come against you. But how are you going to know that? Because you're too bothered up in your little set and not understanding the power that's in the covenant of God. The covenant of God. People, it don't get no better than that. I will be your God and you will be my people. I will be your God, and you will be my people. If I'm your people, then you're responsible for me, God. So you know everything before it happens. And you, you've been so gracious that you have allowed part of you, your precious Holy Spirit, to, to reside within me to give me a glimpse of what's coming. The spirit of discernment is one of the the greatest gifts that you could ever require because you can see, you have the discernment to see, is this of God or not? Is this of God or not? Do I go this way, Lord, or do I go that way? There are two doors open before me. Which one do I take? And the spirit of discernment will show you what's on the other side of that door without the door even being open. You'll get an image of it. And likewise, he will cloak you so that the enemy can't even see you. I had a dream once, years and years and years ago. It was shortly after I first got saved, and there were these people that the enemy literally had unleashed to come into my house to kill me. And God showed it to me in the dream. And he hid me. But understand where he hid me. He had me to crouch under a clothing rack in the, in the dream. I was in my mother's room. And it was just as it was when she was alive, and she had this clothing rack where she hung her clothes on. Only I was crossed up in the clothing rack, but there were no clothes there. So all you had to do was walk to the door and see me, and there was nothing to hide me. But he hid me. So he mm. had me under, in the, under this clothing rack with nothing covering me, and the people came to the door and looked in the room, came to the door, looked in the room, and said, yeah, you in here. She ain't even here because he had hidden me. You have to understand that God will do that for you. You don't have to fall prey and subject to the attacks that the enemy has coming against you, but that's why it's so important to pray in the prophetic. 
at the end of this, I, I'm going to give you a plug for the prayer conference we have coming up in March. But it's so important <laughs> to learn how to pray in the prophetic, how to pray the will of God, not over only over your life, but over the lives of everybody he will bring before you. So you're not co-signing this mess. You're declaring what that says the Lord. Because I'm telling you, there are sometimes that people ask you to pray for them, and if you pray what they ask you to pray, you co-sign in their mess because God never called them to that. So you've got to get into a place where on a daily basis you're hearing the voice of God. You're communing with God all throughout the day. You're knowing that as you open your mouth, you will open it as an oracle of God. You, you got to this. We are in the in the beginning of the end times. I'm not going to say it's the end times because we haven't reached the ends of the world yet. With the kingdom of with the gospel of the kingdom, because that's the gospel Christ preached. He didn't preach the gospel of Christianity. He preached the gospel that the kingdom of heaven was at hand. Repent, repent. We need to repent of our thinking, thinking that we were better than anybody else because we are a quote-unquote Christian and recognize and understand that God has called us into a place of oneness. He said, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. That's how he got you, and that's how he'll get your family and anybody else that he's given to you as an assignment to witness to. Not by you talking down to them and telling them, you know, you ain't going to be nothing and da 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 with loving kindness. When I gave my life to the Lord, it it was because out of all the mess that I had done and been involved in, he had yet loved me in the middle of it. And it was like, okay, God, I don't have nothing else to give you but me. But that's all he required. So we got to come to a place. And I'm I'm coming down to a close. We have to come to a place where we recognize and understand that the spirit of the living God dwells within us, and he's there to give us power and to give us understanding and to help us to do what he created us to do. As I said before, he placed your spirit in the host body that he gave you for a purpose and a destiny. And I don't care what you're walking through. You may be walking through some things in your body. We're believing God for healing even now for your body. But it does not matter whatever the, the limitations of the fleshly part of you may have. There is no limit to your spirit. He can use you no matter where you are, what stage of life, what economical place you are. He can use you. But you've got to understand that you're no better than anybody else and that he's called you to be one with the children of Israel so that you can walk in through the promises of his covenant that he has made with you. Amen. That's it, Apostle. That's it. Building the nation with the word of the Lord, teaching the people the love of God. Kingdom, 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 empowerment.